Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, here we go on a Friday in Kansas City. Cody and Gold, Alice Gold, Cody Tap, Drew Nixon. Got the full crew back with us for the next four hours. And today, like I said yesterday, we're going to work in more sports and continue if there is any updates throughout the show on anything related to potential charges for the suspects or any hopefully promising updates on the victims. Uh, And if that information comes out during the show we will certainly bring that to you and there was also an amazing gesture that that we all learned about this morning uh and and we can all help out but to see the gofundme accounts for the victims and to see that in particular uh for the gofundme account of of lisa lopez who who passed away to see that taylor swift it's been confirmed now by multiple uh, outlets that taylor swift donated a hundred thousand dollars to the gofundme which is simply incredible uh, to have that happen, and now it's way over the the original goal for the GoFundMe, and I would imagine it's going to continue to increase. We'll, we'll try to highlight uh, some of the different ways people can continue to help. I, I know the United Way, along with the Chiefs, have put together an emergency fund to help some of the victims and others uh, that are maybe even dr- not directly impacted in terms of physical harm, but mental health going forward that need in the community. We'll, we'll continue to try to give out some of that information. I believe we retweeted it up on our 610 Sports uh, Twitter account at 610 Sports KC. So if you're still trying to figure out different ways to help, GoFundMe is one option. The Community Blood Center is still another option. Uh, the United Way uh, Fund that they have put together, uh, the KC Strong Fund, all, all of that are, are ways that everybody can continue to help uh, support everybody here in Kansas City. Yeah, it's it'll be a weird – it'll still be kind of a weird day because I know we could do another four hours on what took place on Wednesday – but, you know, we've talked about this before on this show during other um, national type events where, you know, we also understand that we can be an escape for some. And, like, I want to escape it sometimes as well. So I, I understand that notion behind it. The Taylor stuff was great. Um, I would always tell you just generally, and I think you've said this before on the air, don't be critical of the amount someone gives just because you right. know that they have more money. $100,000 is a lot of money that she donated to their family and will go a long way in hopefully helping them continue to um, recover as things go on. It's, you know, it's incredibly difficult moment. She didn't have to do it. She's obviously super, super busy in addition to that. So no, it's good. It's um, it's, it was an incredible gesture for her. And I'm, and it was nice that Travis went to go visit some of the, the victims at the hospital and everything else in between. I mean, it's, we know that Chiefs Kingdom will step up and Kansas City will step up in this moment like they have in so many other times. Taylor Swift is a part of Kansas City now. She's chosen oh, forever. that path. Yeah, for, forever, um, honestly. Like, she, she was already embraced in Kansas City just because she is in a relationship with Travis Kelsey, who is beloved in this city and will be forever. Uh, and to see her support now of uh, in this, this tragedy for uh, the victims and their, their families and, and trying to help ease some of the financial burden that they're going to have uh, with with loss of life and their family um, is is incredible. Yeah, she she's definitely part of Kansas City now. She she is one of us, um, and and that's why I think most people in this town and we should all have her back as well. I don't know why anybody um, 
freaks out about how many times she's shown on TV or anything like that. Because that, who cares? That doesn't matter. That, what, what her act that she just did matters. Uh, donating $100,000. And again, it, she's going to be highlighted. There's so many of you that have, have done the same in differing dollar amounts and all that. And any, I don't care any if you bit, donate 10 or 20 Any bucks. bit, yeah, whatever, $5, whatever. Any, any dollar amount helps uh, for whether you're going the GoFundMe route, uh, whether you're, again, the, the United Way Fund that, that is out there. Any bit helps everybody uh, in this community and, and those victims going forward. 913-586-7610, the J Southland Toast Service text line. Uh, the, 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 the events around the rally portion right before um, the, the tragedy occurred, there was some moments that in a normal circumstance and a celebratory circumstance, we would have, we would have probably led the show with some of the comments because I it, was, it, so, it yeah. was interesting to hear what Chris Jones had to say at the rally about his future. And I'll, I'll play it. I mean, we would maybe play some of it here. Chris Jones uh, was obviously given the microphone and had an opportunity and he, and he Made it sure sound like, Cody, that he doesn't want to go anywhere else. I got on this stage last year, and I was like, run it back. Run it back. Run it back. But you know what? It's a 3 pay. I need three of those things, baby. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. Kansas City. We will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. Woo! I will be here this year, next year, and the year. P, 3P, 3P, 3P. So Chris Jones, he's not going anywhere. Now, within, I don't know, two minutes. Of that line being said, his agent, one of his agents, Michael Katz, went yeah, on he uh, took, uh, Twitter, Twitter and quick, said, quick, like, quick, quick, I, quick, think, quick. I think his tweet was something along the lines of like, bartenders, cut him off now with a bunch of laughing emojis. And, and then there was uh, yesterday something from Pro Football Talk, and you would imagine it came from uh, the agents of Chris Jones, which was that uh, they're not, they're nowhere close to uh, some sort of deal or anything like that, trying to, to squash uh, all of that. Like it's, it's always fun to hear as fans, right, when a player says, I'm not going anywhere and all that. But I think we recognize the reality, right? I, in the negotiations, I, I, don't, I don't think uh, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna hold up on the, uh, the, what he said after a few beverages I mean, at a parade. I mean, if I were Brett Veach, I would joke about it. Yeah. bring it up in the conversation. I, here's where the part is interesting. Do I think it actually means Chris Jones is here no matter what? No, that'd be kind of foolish. We've seen a lot of players in the history of the sport say, I'm not going anywhere, and then leave. Dude, mm-hmm. college basketball. We talk about those college coaches all the time. I'm here at Kansas to stay. Like, okay. Yeah, Roy Williams had, had that conversation. In the, yeah, absolutely. And then eventually they leave. Sometimes within weeks. Sometimes they're not even telling you the truth inside the same month. So, no, I don't take that as Chris Jones is here no matter what. But what I do think it means is Chris Jones desperately, I think, actually does want to be a chief. I do think that this is where he absolutely wants to be. Like, I go way back. This is not the first time Chris Jones has made grand plans about, you know, three-peat, being in Kansas City, you know, winning them over and over and over again. He has made those comments since the very first Super Bowl they won. He's been in Kansas City's entire career. He's played for Coach Reed pretty much his entire career. I can see why he wouldn't want to leave. I think in those statements he doesn't want to leave. But, I mean, is he even willing to take a 5% discount or does he still want the full? Or, to me, are you willing to take a three-year deal? That's what matters here. I actually don't think the dollar per year is the problem with Chris Jones. I think it's the amount of years. Because if you're willing to only be guaranteed for three, then I'll sign up. I'll remind people that at some point last offseason, didn't he send a tweet, like, something similar? Like, I'm not going anywhere. I want to be in Kansas. And and he hasn't. He hasn't. He didn't get the long-term deal done, but he he eventually signed that restructured one-year deal with all the incentives, which he ended up getting the Super Bowl. He got some of those, yeah. He got a lot, a lot of it back. Uh, let's be clear. He didn't make more money. It, it's still, he had to earn. It had, they had to go all the way to the Super Bowl for him to just get most of it back. So it ended up making his, it, for the sake of his agents, they, they should be very thankful. Chris Jones ended up going and winning a Super Bowl from a, uh, how much money did he lose off of the incentives yeah. versus just holding true with what the deal actually was. I, I For me, I, 
I would love Chris Jones to be back in a Chiefs uniform. It goes without saying. He's one of the best defensive players in football. He's yes. he's now with three rings. He's getting up in the Hall of Fame. So anybody wishing for that individual from a skill position and someone that, that is just a fun personality and obviously I truly do believe likes Kansas City, uh, you, you of course wish that he's coming back. I just assumed, and I, I've always kind of had the mindset ever since that deal didn't get done last offseason and that he sat out week one against Detroit and he was up in the, the, the box with his agents. I kind of assumed that this was the last hurrah. Didn't I feel you? less that way, yes, but I feel less that way, not just because of those comments. Those certainly don't hurt. But I feel less that way because they won the Super. They're going for something, you know, like incalculable in back-to-back-to-back. I think there's like a little extra momentum back to the, I don't know, you know, maybe Chris Jones wants to stay here. And, I, you know, like I think there's a long shot, and I would say long yeah. shot, Possibility they try to get Jones and Snead back and then walk on the guys that are, you know, outside of that range. I think there's maybe a little bit more momentum than I had thought at that time at the beginning of the season to bring him back. I'd still call it below 50%. Yeah, I think you have to. We have to remember, like, in the moment, you're just coming off a Super Bowl win, had a few beverages, you're feeling great. Like, you know, sometimes there's the the balance of, your agent works for you, and that doesn't always seem to come across. Now, I'm not saying Chris Jones would just sign for nothing because he wants to stay in Kansas City. Nobody's dumb enough to think that that's happening. But at the same time, you wonder how much does the agent in these last year and a half or so of negotiations, how much have they actually influenced Chris Jones when it's the agent works for Chris Jones? Like, What does what Chris Jones want? Obviously, he wants a big payday. Sure. No doubt. But of course he does. to what extent, right? To what extent and how much is it that it, what his agents also want? We've gone through the client list and all that last offseason. Like this, the, he is by far their biggest client. It's not even close. They, they, they don't have Chris Jones as a client. And they got, with all due respect to some of these other names I'm about to mention, they're not Chris Jones, okay? Like, it's, Byron, I don't it's like Byron Pringles and yeah. I think Jody Fortson, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, $2 million deal. You know, not, not $100 million deals. Correct. And sometimes I think that gets lost in the shuffle of, of who's working for who in these scenarios. But yeah, you said less than 50%. I, yeah, it might even be less than like 20% chance I actually think Chris Jones is back with his team. I would love him back. And there's a trickle-down effect. Okay, so if you're saying you take care of Chris, well, does that mean can you can you still bring back Legereus Sneed, who we'll hear from in about 15 minutes or so? What does that mean for future free agents that you can sign at wide receiver? Less. That's the balance. Like. If Chris Jones were to walk, you lose a massive piece to your defense that was incredible and a huge reason why you won the Super Bowl. Can you have two or three other players under that same dollar amount that you think can equal somewhat of what you got? I think some of it is probably like build your dream off season and you're probably stuck between a couple of choices. One is Sneed and Chris Jones, one other ancillary player and then draft. Like both Snead and Jones are back. One ancillary, smaller free agent, maybe Drew Tranquil, but maybe just like a different guy in the market are back. Another option is Snead and Tranquil and like Mike Dana or a, a, an equivalent pass rusher, like a middling pass rusher, right? Somewhere, you know, not Chris Jones by any means. And then draft. There are, it just kind of depends on like, what is your ideal free agency? Look, I don't want the Chiefs to just bring back players. Like the Royals made this mistake. The Royals made a mistake of literally bringing back some players whose time had gone for a couple of years too long. And it was hard because they had just been in the world series, but they held on a couple of years too long on some guys that they could have moved on from gotten better value from and did this, but because they're free agents and they're all still under the age of 30 currently, if there is enough like wiggle room cap wise, I'd be interested in trying to put this unit back together for one more year, mostly because if they can maintain anywhere close to the level of defensive play they got this year, well, then they're going to be Super Bowl favorites again. I mean, I know that they aren't currently technically the, the 49ers, are, yeah. whatever. <laughs> they're going to be Super Bowl favorites again if they can maintain anywhere close to this level defensive play. Like, when I've started to rank out my off-season needs list, right? Defensive line, offensive tackle, wide receiver. Wide receiver has slipped down a little bit, mostly because... The defense is young enough that if I can maintain Chris Jones and Snead, if those guys are both back on my roster, then my defense is going to be at least 95% of what it was last year. Even if they can't bring back Gay, even if they can't bring back Tranquil, they'll be 95% of what they were. 
I think it's obvious they want to have both back. I mean, Andy Reid was asked about it a couple days ago. I think it was on Monday about their intentions and and with both Chris Jones uh, certainly saw the embrace that Chris Jones and Andy Reid had. Yeah, I think yeah, deep, cool deep down, I think if you were to deep down ask each party involved, I think Chris Jones and Snead both want to be in KC. I think Brett Veach and Andy Reid both want Chris Jones and Snead in KC. It's obviously way more complicated than just that. There were other other players over the history of this run that the Chiefs, I'm sure, would have loved to have back, but there are financial restraints that you have, and, and also you're looking ahead to the future. Where do you think that player is going to be production-wise in two years? And homegrown talent's a little bit different in how they view it, but we know typically they're not giving out big-time multi-year deals to guys once they're crossing over to the age of 30. And you said it. Sure. Chris Jones is not 30 yet. He's 29. When, is he, when does he actually turn 30? What's his... Uh, When's the actual time uh, that he that he turns thirty? Because he's twenty nine. Let's see, July. Okay, so I believe July. He'll be thirty when he starts the season. day before Fourth of July. That's why the like years that. are more important to me than the dollar amount. You know, like so he I gotta the, I gotta limit my Chris Jones liability because the under the new deal he would be thirty. Like from yeah. he, by the time the new year starts, he will be thirty years old. So do you, he's are had you confident? Less health concerns than Legarius needs. So do you feel you can get the same production? Maybe in at age 30, 31? And 32? If, you, if the answer is yes to that, then the dollar amount's not as concerning. Are you actually worried that there's a drop-off or not? And then on the other hand, you know, Legereus Sneed, I remember you and I had a conversation back in August or September uh, about his health. No, he was healthy all year, but there was at one point knee issues. During camp, he, he barely practiced, didn't yeah. he? At, at training camp, we were in St. Joe due to a knee, and there was some concern that we had even brought up, hey, you know, if he were to miss time this year, is that going to prevent him from ever getting the extension in Kansas City? And fortunately for him, from from everything we can tell, the knee was not a problem. He had, of course, an incredible season, and he's also under the age of 30. So as long as they're confident in, in what they have from their medical staff as well, that, hey, there's not any issue with the knee long-term, between the two, just from a cost standpoint, if I could only pick one to bring back, Sneed and Chris Jones, considering performance, considering money and all that. Positional my, value. My answer would be I think between Chris the Jones two. Has more positional value. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, positional value. But if I'm factoring the entire package yeah. there, I would go with Legarius Sneed between the two because it's going to be about half the cost, roughly. Yeah, that's the part where I at least get hung up. Um, the one thing that would stick me with Sneed a little bit is, and the text line pointed out, like, you know, they didn't pay Juju Smith Schuster because of the knee stuff. Where is his actual health look? He played great in the postseason, so he seemed plenty healthy going in there. But you and I both know that a team has a better idea of an individual player's medicals. And at this point, Chris Jones really hasn't had any big, long health scares that have prevented him from playing. In a, he, like, he's more of an inconsistent player because sometimes it seems like he just takes a day off, which is fine. I don't care if he takes a playoff. I don't care if he takes a day off. When the lights are the brightest, Chris Jones absolutely shows up. Then the other thing we got over the last couple of days is the full-blown mic'd up audio from the Chiefs Super Bowl win. There were two moments that absolutely stood out. We can get to the one that I think a lot of people were talking about, which is the 49ers look real dumb because they seemingly did not understand how overtime works at all. And the excitement the Chiefs players had over the 49ers taking the ball had to be the moment. If you're Kyle Shanahan looking back on it, you've made a horrible mistake. If your opponent is super happy about like the hiring you make, the player you sign, or the decision you make in game, and they're thrilled about it, not a great sign. The other one was the play between George Karloftis and George Kittle on the Christian McCaffrey fumble, which I still think, even though it was early in that game gold, was a massive swing play. Considering how slow the Chiefs offense started, had the 49ers gone down there and immediately gotten a touchdown, the tenor of that game could have been a little bit different right out of the gate in the clip you see george kittle block george karloftis out of the play then shove him and say hi george and then immediately george karloftis recovers the fumble on the loose ball the two things that stood out is what the hell was george what's kittle doing turn around look for the ball play's not over i thought we played to the whistle but also george karloftis that was an incredible athletic moment to be the person who jumped in that ball. There were like four 49ers just as close to that football as him, including George Kittle, and Karloft has still recovered it. Yeah, I was looking for the audio. I guess we don't have the audio of, of the situation that yeah, you're it's describing. Pretty quick. He says uh, hi, George. Um, but yeah, the the scenario, George Karloft is with an absolutely heads-up play to see the football, and I'm with you, that opening drive, they were doing anything they wanted. The Chiefs had no answer on the opening drive, and Chris McCaffrey 
and that offense were rolling. And then to get that turnover, even if you didn't get points on the next drive yourself, you wonder, it looked like the Niners were going to jump out to an easy 7 nothing lead yeah, at a particular point. So the turnover mass. In, in any game, fumbling the football is huge. But in the Super Bowl, fumbles just are I mean, that much greater. And we know Pacheco also fumbled in that game. And Mahomes threw a pick. Yeah, but it was uh, that, that was a big spot in that particular. I told you I love the mic'd up stuff. Like That's some of the best content that comes out of the Super Bowl. And we've now learned twice against the Niners in the Super Bowl. George Kittle's way of coping is just to make jokes and laugh. And that's a lot of people's way of doing it. Because that's happened twice now in the mic'd up segments against yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, he always seems loose and jokey and, and silly. And some people were critical of him. I saw again last night, like, hey, why, how is, you know, the team's losing. How is he? That, that's how he clearly goes about handling uh, unfortunate uh, situations or on the football field or whatever. Jack. Yeah, that, that's his mentality. I still think George Kittle's extremely likable. But uh, George Karloftis uh, was, was you know, it was always cliche, play through the whistle and pay attention and, and, and play out the play. And, and he definitely did to get that fumble recovery. Well, it's especially funny because, like, I'll be honest, I take a little joy in that particular play. And this is why I think people are crushing Kittle. I understand he can't, like, see behind himself, and he technically did his job, right? Like, he blocked Carl Loftus mostly out of the play, and the person you should be more critical of is... The person you should be more critical of is Christian McCaffrey for not being able to hold on to the football. But, dude, the entire thing with George Kittle is how... Never stops. Highest motor on the field. And he's joking! In the middle of the play in which George Karloftis recovers a fumble. I took a little joy in that hmm. because people are always trying to throw shade at Travis Kelsey because he's not as good of a blocker or whatever nonsense is George Kittle. Watch the ball. Not time for jokes. Hey, George. That was <laughs> Hey, George. Hey, George. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. So, I mean, no, the, the criticism on, on Kelsey versus Kittle, Kelsey's a better tight end than George Kittle. I, I think that it's pretty obvious. I don't know why people have tried to continue to. Uh, give Kittle the nod over, over Kelsey and the blocking thing is, is silly. That particular play, though, I don't think Kittle did anything wrong on that play. He was actually... He technically did his job. He blocked he, Carlos. Yeah, as I'm saying, like, I, that, that, that's not the play to be critical of, of, of Kittle of either. Yeah, he I mean, could have he's been hold, more attention. He's blocking Karloftis a, you know, a couple, what, a yard or two away from the play. He's, he's actually blocking it out. He's not supposed to have eyes in the back of his head uh, to see that. There were also four, what, four 49ers right around the football. Karloftis, though, was able to sneak right in there and grab the football to his credit. Uh, so I think it's just a great play on the Chiefs. I don't, I don't think Kittle did anything wrong on that play It was whatsoever. definitely a great play by Karloftis. Are you more critical of him or to Sean Gibson? He was also in the play, which, by the way, because of how busy we were, I didn't realize Mahomes was making a reference to somebody when he said, I'm just a regular dude. I hadn't seen the Gibson clip. Like, so when he was at the podium talking in front of everyone, when he said that, oh, I'm just a regular quarterback, I was like, all right, I, obviously somebody said that about him, but who was it? Well, it turns out in the mic'd up audio, it was Gibson. Right after he threw the pick to start the second half, he's like, he's just a regular quarterback. You messed up. You messed up when you say that kind of stuff on the field Look, to the great I don't, ones. Mahomes didn't hear it, I don't think. Maybe, yeah, but maybe another teammate did, and it gets back, and they know that it motivates Mahomes, and someone they says, hey, it did, you hear what, you hear what he said? Because he said you're a regular dude. Which, by the way, you know, like, I think earlier in the week, he had said some really complimentary things in the regular press conferences, and when he was like, generational, the goat. I'm like, you got on the field, you got one pick on the man, and you're like, he's a regular dude. He's not. Never think that way. I think sometimes we try to make it be like, you got to treat them like they're normal. That way, it's not too big in the scene. No. Treat him with the proper respect. This man will, as we had said in a previous show, rip your heart out. Do not treat him like a regular person. He's not a regular player. He's better than that. If you treat him differently than that, you will get burned. Yeah, and I wonder the the way the 49ers approached it was that part of the decision-making from Kyle Shanahan at overtime. Like yeah. you, you said, no respect to who's on the other side. We'll talk more about that in 11 o'clock hour again, but I still think that was the biggest issue I had with Kyle Shanahan's overtime decision. It wasn't even just the, the initial decision, but you have to factor in who the quarterback is on the other side. And it's Patrick Mahomes. It's not a backup quarterback or a bottom tier quarterback that you're going up against. You have to factor that in when you're considering whether or not to give your opponent the opportunity to have the ball second in overtime and therefore have four downs to go all the way down the field. And that, that was a massive mistake. All right, we're just getting started here on a Friday. It's Cody and Gold up next. You'll hear what LeJarius Sneed had to say about his future in Kansas City and will what occurred on Wednesday around the parade and around the rally change downtown baseball. It's something I've heard a lot of. I wanted to address that next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on a Red Friday. I guess we'll still call it a Red Friday in Kansas City. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp. Drew Nixon with you. It's not a habit. It's gonna take me a while not to call it a not to call it a Red Friday. We've had I don't know six months of them. I think the in first a row. one after the Super Bowl. You're still okay. qualify. Just okay. this one. Just okay. Just this is like the how many days after the beginning of the year can you still say Happy New Year to mm. someone? I think you can say okay. Happy Red Friday. The following Friday after the Super Bowl, if your team won the Super Bowl, and then after that you got you gotta let it go. Okay, that's fair. I'm with you on that. I think pitchers and catchers are you know in, in, a week from today in Arizona. Full squads report on Monday. It can't be Red Fridays anymore <laughs> uh, when full squads are there in Arizona. A week from today is a spring training game, and I believe right here on six ten. Like think about that for a second. Yeah, just hit the fast forward button. We kind of did with the long playoff that's what run with the Chiefs, and now the Super Bowl being a whole week later. Just wait till they had an 18th game, then we'll be like. Right on top of each other. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I did see this. It's actually kind of cool. Uh, McCall Harmon's going to play in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game tonight. Oh, good for McCall. So the All-Star Game is in awesome. Drew's neck of the woods, or hometown, uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. And uh, we know they always have different celebrities. I guess Stephen A. Smith was supposed to play in the game. He twisted an ankle. <laughs> twisted an ankle against Micah Parsons. He's going to coach. Reportedly trying and to do a dribble drive move against Micah good Parsons. Luck. Good luck on that one. You I think mean, was I, he's happen? not a basketball player, but he's Micah Parsons. He's yeah. a very good athlete. And uh, and so he hurt himself, and so Michael Harmon's, I guess, an alternate. Anyway, he gets to play. <laughs> Fantastic for him. He obviously caught the game-winning touchdown. He was on Kimmel earlier in the week. It's amazing how quickly things can change for McCall Harmon. Well-deserved, though, now that we know also the story of last year, how, you know, for a while he couldn't walk. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Uh, and for him to not even be on the team, and then he's on the Jets, and the Chiefs trade for him, and he was got hurt again. So pretty cool. If if that is your thing, some of the celebrity games can be fun for a little while to watch, and you'd be surprised. Some of these, some of them are actually very, very good uh, because they're just incredible athletes. It turns I out. I told you at the NHL All Star Game, I had no idea that Justin Bieber was a great hockey player. I was like, wait, what's going on here? He's like doing like pro moves. Turns out when he was like fifteen, he was like a like highly scouted, highly recruited hockey player. Turns out he was better at being a pop star instead. <laughs> which is what he took all of his money and did instead. But he was like a really, really good hockey player. And you're like, I had no idea. I, just no clue. But yeah, maybe McColl can really ball. I don't know. He can bowl. He's good at that. I know it's, he's good uh, at that. Will, I think Will, was it, it was Willie Gay and McCall Harmon are like two pretty big bowlers on the, on the Chiefs. But they're going to, uh, McCall Harmon will play in the NBA Celebrity Game. As we're talking about this, I uh, did want to pass along. This comes from Channel 9 News, KNBC. Uh, a great update from Children's Mercy Hospital in relation to uh, the shooting on Wednesday. Only one patient now remains in the hospital at Children's Mercy. Remember, initially there was 12. Then yesterday around this time, three. three. So one, and obviously still one patient that needs to get out of the hospital, but uh, continues to head in, in, in a great direction. So any updates like that, we'll, we'll try to keep you aware of. That one comes from Channel 9 and uh, in Children's Mercy. Uh, earlier uh, we, we talked about Chris Jones and his future and a lot of his future is going to be impacted by what Legereus Sneed and the Chiefs decide to do or what the Chiefs decide to do, I should say, with Legereus Sneed. And, and Sneed was on with Kay Adams yesterday talking about his future and he made it pretty clear uh, what he would say to Brett Veach. And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me <laughs> that's what i got to say pay me okay i mean i don't even know i think that we have to wrap it there pay the man 
smart answer, right answer. He does deserve to get paid, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure Brad Veach is well aware that they got to find a way uh, to take care of the man if they want to keep him in, in Kansas City after an incredible season. And I mean, it, it was from from week one. It wasn't all of a sudden he just got no, you know, hot in the postseason the, the entire year, and it was by far his best year of his career. And they have their own internal evaluations on where they project the player to be long term, and you know, is that is this is the type of player he's going to be for the next couple of years, and his phys, you know, his physical health and all that kind of stuff that that goes into thinking. But I, I think Legarius Need should be the priority between the two and between anybody else on this team. That's the guy that I want to make sure I take care of. If I'm the Chiefs. Before you're overly critical of this, because I think people hate hearing players say, "Pay me." The Chiefs have been getting all pro caliber play this season. Legarius, this and this is not like Chris Jones, who'd already been paid once. Legarius Sneed's career earnings are five point seven million, and I know that that sounds like a lot to me or you, Gold, or most of the listeners. That is nothing in the NFL. He's only made five point seven million dollars in the entire year. The one thing they have on Sneed that they don't have on Chris Jones is they still could franchise him. They have more than one option with Legarius Sneed. They could try to work out this deal further down the road by franchise tagging him and then solving their problem later. I don't know if someone earlier said, well, just franchise tag Chris Jones. No. When you double franchise tag a player, the number gets uh, prohibitive. Like $38 million or something yeah, is what it would be. It. It's, you just can't no, do the, it. Sneed is, is definitely in play on a tag, whether it's actually playing on the tag or what you're saying, which is you tag him, it's going to be, what, 18 and a half to $19 million, I think, something like that uh, on the books in the meantime, against the cap, and, and until you figure out maybe a long-term deal. That does seem actually a potential path that they could use to buy them some more time to negotiate a long-term deal, but yet Chris Jones not getting tagged again. Could you imagine going into just like a normal office and describing it that way? Say, oh, I go down the corner. Cody's negotiating a new contract. They're like, all right, Cody, uh, let's talk new deals. And all he says, pay me. What? Pay me. Pay me. Pay me. And that's all I said as part of my negotiation. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea how that would go over, but it'd be hilarious to try. Pay me. That's what do you mean? Like, you know, come on. I'm saying it. Just, just pay me. That's That's the strategy. So you're saying that's the strategy you, you should have gone with. I, you know, moving forward, I feel like that should be everyone's strategy. Just go into your boss's office today. Pay me. And like, you're like, what, what did you pay me? And just say it over and over again until you speak it into existence, you know? Well, Jerry Sneed has leverage, though. I mean, yes, the Chiefs have the, the the trump card, if you will, to say we can tag you. But there is leverage when you have a season that you just had if yeah. you're Jerry Sneed on a, on a young defense. And if Chris Jones ends up walking and not being a player you can retain, if you're the Chiefs, you, what, you cannot have Jones and Sneed walk. I'm sorry. I think what makes this a bigger challenge than last year is because with Sneed last year, we talked about this. We talked about an extension for Sneed. Uh, in September, but we had said the problem was is that they were always going to focus their efforts on getting Chris Jones signed first, which meant Sneed's deal just couldn't be negotiated at the same time. Brett Feach having to try to figure out a way to negotiate both of their contracts is going to be a challenge. Try to figure out a way where you're like, let's get those two paid. I think Sneed is incredibly important. If you gave me the choice between Sneed or Chris Jones and the money was equal, I would take Chris Jones. Right. There's no doubt. I think he's the more important player because he plays a more important position. Defensive line, defensive pass rush in particular, even though it is a passing league, I think matters more for the success of your defense than one corner. It's especially that way because who's been better in the NFL over the last five seasons at drafting and developing cornerbacks? Sneed. Shavarius Ward's one of the better corners in the league. He's not even on your team anymore. They've done a good job with Jalen Watson and and Joshua Williams. Uh, Trent McDuffie's already an all pro coming off a tremendous Super Bowl. It would, in a way, be easier for me to justify the cost for Chris Jones. It's just the price difference is so different between them. It's hard. And Sneed felt like he was the voice. He felt like the the theme of their defense this year. And I know the history has said that Brevich doesn't pay corners. No, nope. just doesn't. I mean, you, you brought up Ward. That's His history said he didn't draft corners high either, and then and he, he spent that. a high one on Trent McDuffie. And, and I think sometimes when we mention, hey, they didn't pay a certain player, well, you don't want to just pay someone a lot of money to say you paid someone a lot of money. You want to believe you have the right guy at the right time to pay that kind of money. I think LeJarius Sneed falls into that category. I think here in about two years, whenever he's eligible for a contract, Trent McDuffie will fall into that category. You know, not, not that Ward is not a very good player, but in this circumstance, when you now have a young Trent McDuffie with a Sneed, do you want to let that 
maybe best quarterback duo in football fall apart when you're in the middle of this, if you're the Chiefs. I don't think you let that happen. And I'm sure they're confident in, in, in Williams, as you brought up behind them, and Jalen Watson as well. And maybe it is their turn to step up next. Sure. But Shamari Connor at safety. If you are going to lose Chris Jones, I don't think you can then also afford to lose a corner of the quality of LeJarrius Sneed, which is why if you're saying, well, long-term you're not comfortable, that's where the franchise tag, as you pointed out, comes into play, where it's like, okay, we're not going to do a long-term deal. Uh, let's say we're going to lose Chris Jones. We'll keep Sneed here for one year on a tag. Trent McDuffie, uh, we're going to we're gonna have to pay him in a year or two anyway, and they'll go out and probably draft another corner this year or something like that. This is where I think, like, we never really want to talk about the long-form consequences of where you could make shifts in order to keep both or make shifts in order to make sure Snead stays here long-term. Justin Reed is a really interesting player this offseason for this reason. Typically, when you sign a player to a three-year contract gold, you are not planning on seeing the final year of that deal. You're not planning on saying, now he'll only cost $2 million more than he cost this year, so there's no reason to do it. But you can save $11.5 million. So with Justin Reed, because of where you are with Snead and where you are with Chris Jones, starts to become either a, well, if there are other players we want, do we move and save that money and put it somewhere else? Or do we extend Reed so we can free up more cash right now, keep Reed here because he's still only 27 years old at the moment, and see if we can't finagle a way to keep the veteran part and the rookie part of our defense together for a couple of years. Like there are always a couple of like these players where they can kind of like auto trigger the movement down. And Reed feels like that player this year for the chiefs. Yeah. I think Reed this year proved his, his value even more. I know his first year's people were maybe were a little disappointed with performance. I, I thought he was much better this season on the back half of the year. And I think he is, you asked the question on Monday, even about leadership going forward on defense. If Chris Jones is not there, who steps up? You mentioned maybe it's McDuffie. Yeah. Uh, I think Nick Bolton is obviously an answer, but but Justin Reed, you know, at, at that particular position as, as someone that can be a leader for them long term. Yeah, maybe that's the, the path. I, I think Justin Reed will be back with his football team. I don't, I don't think he's going to be the, the guy that they decide to to part ways with surprisingly. There's always a surprise mover or so but in the offseason. That was close to the age that yeah. they let go of Tyron Matthew. Yeah, but in fairness, Tyron Matthew even, was 28. Even though you and I differ on how Tyron Matthew played at the beginning of his time in Kansas City, we can't admit it that the final six games that Tyron Matthew played in Kansas City uh, uh, we're not at a high level. No, they, they weren't. weren't. And Justin Reed, I, I think, is actually playing maybe his best football since he's been in Kansas City here on the back half of the season. Probably. I mean, he, he was much more of a factor in the run game, and we all know from a leadership end as well. So it, these are decisions they're going to have to make. They got a couple weeks uh, till uh, the the moves really have to start happening. Uh, but the biggest are the two we mentioned, Chris Jones and Darius Snead, but there's a trickle-down effect to what they decide to do in that particular route. And also... Uh, will tell us maybe in a way how they view uh, other players further down the depth chart. You know, it, it, how do they feel about some some of these young players and whether or not they can step up? Do they think there's a trade to be made somewhere else in the league that can impact whether or not they bring? I mean, these are all scenarios that I think you have to have. It doesn't mean you can't be critical, and we all will at times with moves, but I think you have to have a ton of faith, though. <laughs> I mean, how much more has, does this front office have to prove to you, though, that they know what the hell they're doing in terms of assembling a championship yeah. roster? I would say don't focus on the ones of the decisions that you think didn't work, like Tony or Moore yeah. or whatever, and instead focus on the rest of it because the roster was good enough around the rest of it to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. And for as many of those moves that didn't work show up because nobody bats a 1,000 in this league, there are three moves that did, Big and time. some that worked great, like way better or above the market value in which they paid. Guys like Drew Tranquil, Mike Edwards, et cetera. No question. Uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the show. We'll also hear in about 15 minutes or so talk about what they're going to try to do for the first time in NFL history next season. And that'll be a huge theme all off season and much of next season as well. But I, I saw this discussion. Someone commented. I think you, you, you had a comment on your uh, Twitter account as well. And people were asking about what occurred on Wednesday in, in the tragic shooting at, at the rally downtown. And it was a day after the Royals had announced their plans for the officially for the downtown stadium, which we all know April 2nd, the three eight cent sales tax extension has to be voted on. I do think it'll pass, but it does have to be voted on. And the plan is the opening day 2028 for the Royals to be playing baseball in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, uh, just south of T-Mobile Center. They're on Grand. And someone asked the question, do you think what happened Wednesday will change how people view uh, an event downtown like baseball? 
And I, I, I thought about for a little bit, and I, I think it's a fair question. I think there will be I think the initial reaction will feel that way. And remember, we're talking about four years from now, you know, four years from now when downtown baseball and there's other events that occur already downtown. Now, not all that what a, you know, a 80 plus game perspective uh, versus, uh, you know, a one off concert or a couple days of the Big 12 tournament that we're going to have here in, in, in a, a next month down at T-Mobile Center and all that. I think. For some people, what occurred will impact their willingness to to go downtown, I, I guess. Uh, I know there's people that won't go to a parade again. We've talked about that. I mean, I, I know for a fact, talking with people after the show yesterday, some family members, some just friends, they're like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to a parade again. And that's a choice that everybody's going to have to make individually. I don't believe what occurred on Wednesday uh, personally will impact or should impact going to a, a baseball game in the future of 2028 because, uh, frankly, crime can occur anywhere. Um, yes, right now there's a gun violence problem in Kansas City, Missouri. There's no denying that. It yeah, exists. That yesterday. It's a, that's a fact. It, it is a problem. Um, downtown baseball is all over this country as well. Um, and whether you're out south by me, Cody, or up, up further north by you, I mean, there is gun violence that does occur all across the, the metro area. There are definitely areas that have it more. It will not deter me from going to a Royals baseball game. I just didn't know if it would deter a vote. Um, even more so than like whether or not you'd go to the game in four years is mm-hmm. does it change your mind on if baseball should be downtown? And I don't think it should. I don't, you know, like this isn't a, a live in fear conversation. This is just a, you know, one incident occurring in one part of the city shouldn't impact your decision on whether or not you think downtown baseball is good. You should probably just look at it for the same way you were looking at it four days ago as you are today. And I know it's a difficult thing sometimes because yeah, there could be people who be like, well, it's, you know, like, but I'm, again, if you start, this is a sad reality of the current state of being. And we've said this before. If you start eliminating the places in which shootings have occurred and said, I'm not going in there anymore. Well, then you're not going anywhere. Yep. Can't send your kids to school. Can't go to the movies. Can't go to Oak park mall. Was that like six weeks ago? Like, you know, can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere in this Crown, city. Crown Center had a... Crown, yeah, can't go anywhere. Yeah. You just got to eliminate the entire city. No, I don't think that it needs to be that way. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little more reservation here for a little bit. And I don't think that that's unfounded. Like, I understand that there'll be people who maybe were planning on taking someone to Science City for a little bit is going to be like, you know what? I think in the short term in I'm particular. Gonna, I'm going to wait a little bit, and I'll go do that trip at some other time or some other stage. I think that's a short-term thing, not a long-term thing. But it also, like, you got to be careful about your messaging going forward if you're the Royals or the Chiefs and that people are viewing certain parts of town in particular ways yeah. while you go through these processes. Yeah, I think short-term, naturally, uh, it's so fresh. It's still very raw for everybody in, in Kansas City of what just occurred. And so, you know, how people feel right this second versus six months from now versus four years from now. And I'm not naive enough to think that there's not going to be other gun violence incidents uh, heck, I'm, I believe there was one again this morning, unfortunately, in, in the Kansas City area. Um, so it's gonna, there's going to be hundreds more. It sucks to say that. But over the next four years, if not more, more I might even be generous saying hundreds, Cody, maybe thousands. And that's what's sad um, yeah. between over the next four years uh, by the time you get there. But let's be where's Arrowhead and Kaufman located right now? With all due respect, let's not act like that's just this, this uh, you know, crime free area either. No, and they have other pro- – like, we always forget about the problems that exist in any area. Like, for the longest time, both teams just kept ignoring the huge pedestrian issue they had there and the deaths and injuries that kept occurring because there's nowhere to go. So people were just crossing the street aimlessly and all the stuff that comes with it. It's – I do think in the short term it'll have an impact. I would tell you in the long term it should not impact your decision. I'm still not telling you which way. If you live in Jackson County and you are against it because you were against it from the beginning – I'm not going to tell you that you should be shifting your vote one way or the other, but this shouldn't determine which way you vote or how you view where the stadium will go in the future. Yeah, it was a question that was just brought up uh, to me and, and to you yesterday uh, about the dynamics of everything that's going on, and, yeah. and there's a trickle-down effect for, for some people. And, you know, the the thought of playing a sporting event 80-plus nights or whatever a year in the same area roughly – uh, that the event occurred and and the sad reality of it is is that there will be other issues of violence in the next four years very close to where the royal stadium site is 
Like that 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 will happen. I mean, that will happen. It's ha- I mean, there are we the Star Building, which by the way is the the site that we know yeah. they're going to build. We've all seen like the glass has been broken. The T-Mobile Center they replace the glass panes there very, quite often because of bullet holes. It, I mean, this is a known thing that has happened, um, but it's not just that particular area. There's there's gun violence and violence occurring all over. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll address the idea of a three-peat and what that means for the Chiefs. But I think a lot of people on Twitter were excited yesterday because it was officially revealed an actual change to the Twitter account for the EA Sports <laughs> college football game. I'll be honest, my biggest fear over this is they're just going to make it Madden but college football, and they haven't changed Madden in a decade. And they're going to lure everybody into buying a brand-new system getting a brand new game and it'll just be dynasty mode, but college, which means you got to handle NIL, but the gameplay and everything else would be exactly the same. I don't want that. So I, I love that college football video game is coming back. I love it. I love it. I love it. We we've been waiting for this for a while. Uh, those of us that, that were playing uh, the, the last version in what? 2014, 2013, whatever that yeah, was. Long time. Yeah, it, it's been a very long time. Um, when what Denard Robinson was on the cover, I think. Yeah. Think about that. And so Denard I'm with, Robinson was yeah. on the cover. So yes, I'm, with, I'm with you on. I have questions about like, what's the gameplay going to be like? If it's just going to be Madden, but with college players, I'll, I'll be honest though. And I'm, I don't know if I'm a minority or the majority on this, but the fact though, that a new college game with names, uh, with the new college football playoff, all of that with transfer portal, that's enough for me. Like if you even like, I want the gameplay to be even different. Even if but it yes. is Madden, you're as, good. As much as I want it to be, you gotta scratch a, the itch of being yes. uh, Jalen Daniels. Yeah. Is that, that's enough. Yeah, it is for me because I know back in the day we all would input the rosters right, and Pasta Padre was like one of the the, the websites or accounts right. that would yes. have that. I used to do that for like, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball sure. for Super Nintendo in the nineties. <laughs> right. So, so do, that's a time honored tradition. Yeah, yeah. Re-entering the name. So like we all did that. Not having to do that, but just having an updated, still updated graphics compared. I'm all in on the game, even if you told me the gameplay is the same as as Madden. In May, they're supposed to come out with a trailer with an official release date. Drew, you were telling me earlier that there's speculation that maybe it's like July 6th or something. We'll see if that actually happens. But I can't wait. I think we need to do a Cody and Gold Dynasty League. Online where there's Dynasty, like 100 yes. people. That 100 ran, people? A, a ran 133 charge of... Well, you're, you're you know, gonna, College of Charleston well, or something? Well, well, I don't know if they have a football program. Well, well, they, well, yeah. I don't think they do, but they're not in the game. The uh, maybe Coastal Carolina for you, the Shannon Clears. Yes, uh, but there's a yeah. There, we would randomize it, you know, and we'd have we'd have listeners. Everybody represent a different team. You play once a week. I'm excited for this game to finally happen, man. And the new console. Some people already have the correct console. They don't have to go out and buy one. All That's three of my us, reservation. All three of us on this show, like you and I both have an Xbox One, but it's not the version that is needed to play this. I'll be honest, come July, I'm probably going to go find at least a used one and buy, <laughs> buy the one I need. Drew, what about you? I, I do have a PlayStation 5, um, oh, so I, I'm, I am set. Um, the game's going to be exp- – I mean, the games are always expensive, but I, I wonder – bucks or whatever. This, so from what I, I did look it up, they, it's the same, I guess, engine – gold that Madden uses but the people the, the developers obviously are different so okay. they take the engine and they can do something totally different with it compared to Madden but it's the same the same thing I think along the same lines as you though everybody is going to scratch that itch of having college football whether it looks like it whether it plays like it I, I think every it's going to be the most popular game that they release this year, not even close. The the old game, of course, was still BCS. I mean, so this will be right. the first time we've had a college game where it's like top 14 playoff, get into yeah. the playoff and the transfer. Po- I'm excited just for that element of the game, man. I got, The one hesitation I have is I might officially be like my kids are too young and I might be too old oh. to be buying a brand new system for one game. Mm. I don't think I play video games enough anymore mm. yeah. okay. to justify spending four or $500 on a brand new console for, a, I might play video games once a month. Yeah. Like that possibly justify the ends. My kids <laughs> play their Nintendo. Uh-huh. So what, I'm going to get a whole new system. It seems like a lot, man. I don't know. Now, the good is like the system, of course, will last for, for quite some time. You know, like your, as your kids get older, it's not like what, they a can't play. A couple of years before yeah. there's a new one? Well, you don't have to always, just like you didn't buy the new one. Like you, you don't always have to buy the new system. Yeah, um, you can get refurbished, though. I mean, I'm yeah, sure that's it's what not I'm the gonna, full. That's yeah. probably what I'm going to do is come July, I'm probably going to go see where I can find a pre-owned or refurbished of the 
what I have to get the Xbox One S or X or one of those. The, I don't the know. S is the cheaper one or, of the two as well. Okay, so. the, one of those because I just have the regular Xbox One. I'll probably find one for like two hundred twenty bucks, and yeah, I'll, I'll end up buying it. I, this, this is a game I've been waiting for as a lot of people have for almost ten years now, well, and, or and they, for ten years. Well, and they've been leaking some of the audio that each school has been sending. Like you have, uh, you know, Enter Sandman for Virginia Tech. You have. Uh, the 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 gobbling sound that they have of of the turkey after they score a touchdown, like they're submitting all that stuff. You can, I think, Cody. They they do allow you to do the team builder stuff, so you could technically create UMKC. UMKC can have a football program and replace whoever in in the dynasty league and and take the roost to the where would, where would to I the put national title. I mean, they would just end up D two, dude. Let's be honest. UMKC would just be like. Yes. Getting their ass kicked by North Dakota. Or one double A, whatever they call it. Well, you know, and after oh, yeah, 10 years sure. of dynasty mode, maybe we could move up. Make them be D1. <laughs> I guess in this case, I would just make them D1. But what conference? Mountain West? Independent. <laughs> uh, no, that might be the way to go. They're actually. Notre Dame? Independent. You're going to have to schedule. You're gonna, gonna, you're gonna have to get scheduled with some. You're, you know, we all played the game back in 2014. You're the small school and you still schedule playing like number one Alabama. And then you go and you play the game. You don't simulate it. And so you beat Alabama. That's the fun stuff. It, sound, it sounds like people are some people are down for the for the online dynasty. I think we do uh, a dynasty well. league. Let's I do think it. we do it. We randomize it. So we can't just say oh, I want Alabama. We we. Do 100 plus listeners. We randomize it. it. And look, some of you are going to get selected to be Georgia. Some are going to get stuck with the worst team on the game. I'm Georgia or Alabama. I I don't think you get a pick. I think it should just be each number randomized and just assigned. I don't think you get first dibs. I think it'll be number one through 100 in the ranking system. Yeah, we find a way to rank it out. Oh, or or just randomly assign numbers like Georgia's randomly team 58. And we just randomize it. Hey, you're 58. You get Georgia. I think it's the fairest way to do it. Perfect. That was, sorry. I kind of like the idea of one through 100 and it's a draft or one through 50 and it's a draft. If you get then Ken- at least I get some say <laughs> in that like 25th or 26th team. You know? If you get Kennesaw State, good luck. They just are becoming an FBS team. If you get Georgia, you're, 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 you're set. There, there you go. So I can't wait. This summer, uh, go ahead. And uh, I already know at least one person at this station uh, will be taking off the day it comes out. Um, and, and he may not be the only one. I'll be honest. He may not be the only one. Which person's that? See that. See that. Coming up next, though, we will get to the 11 o'clock hour and back into the Chiefs a little bit. One thing that will be discussed all offseason and probably the first few weeks of next year about this upcoming season. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.